Live. Laugh. How's it going, everybody? My name is Daniel. I'm Christian. We're joined by Jaden Newman. How are you doing tonight, Jaden? I'm doing great, man. How y'all doing? Doing great. Doing Pretty great. Pretty great. So I've had a question that has been burning like in my soul, in my pit. Like that was a weird way to say that, but like That's just been getting fun. yeah. <laughs> what is it like to beat Steve Stephen Curry in a three point contest? <laughs> well, you know, not everyone can do it. But <laughs> somebody had to. No, and, and it was Jaden um, Newman. <laughs> That's right, man. It's my double life. Yeah. No, um, it's so weird. So literally people will tell me like whenever they find out in my like real life, whenever Uh they're like, oh, like you're a wrestler. Cool. Can I look you up? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But please, for the love of God, put wrestling. (laughs) Otherwise, you're going to be very confused. Yes. Um, So, yeah, no. uh, She actually, it's my Instagram handle. So I'm pretty pissed about that. Yeah. Oh no! That's why I changed mine to Jaden One Newman. Yeah. So originally everything was Jaden for real, all across the board. Yeah. Then that that girl took my Instagram handle, so she's she's done for, dead to me. What are the odds that like? Because it's not like you would think of like first name, last name, you'd probably get it, but like Jaden for real to have that like that person, yeah. like it's insane. <laughs> the odds of that happening <laughs> at all yes. are so slim. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, the odds of having somebody. With your same exact name, with like the same virality that you have, is also pretty wild. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think that she's wrestled um, Jonathan Gresham, so I think you've got her top. Oh, dude, you bet your ass I got her top. Ain't no way she's done half the shit I've done. Yeah, <laughs> I could also take her and horse <laughs> challenge. Dude, I can't wait to put that on social media and, and, and just tag everyone involved and just see what yeah, happens. Jaden versus Jaden winner gets Jaden for real on Instagram. That's right. <laughs> After that, I'm done. I'm retired. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us tonight. Um, we're excited to have you on. You're, I would say, probably one of the best like technical wrestlers out there, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I know. It's it's weird. Like, it's cool to hear that because, like, more people are starting to say it, but it's still something that's, like, yeah. surreal to hear. So that really means a lot. Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. We've um, had the, the pleasure to see you wrestle. We've seen you a few times at, at, D, at DPW, which is, was just very, very cool because that was my introduction to you. And then he was giving me a hard time because he, he was saying, like, all the, all the stuff I was missing. I'm like, yeah, he's really good. I'm going to watch everything now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, but uh, for these, we typically like to dive in right at the beginning. So current today, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world, um, superstar basketball player. But where did that begin? Um, did, was you in love with basketball first or wrestling? Oh, man. So, you know, ball is life, but it was <laughs> wrestling first. So um, whenever I was a kid, I'd say probably around like seven or eight years old, uh, I was first introduced to wrestling, but not by like watching it on TV or any mm-hmm. of that. Uh but my grandfather and me, we would have like these little excursions to like mm. uh, McKay's and like the flea markets and things like that. And um, I was kind of into gaming a little bit. Like by no means now am I into gaming at all. Like I don't own a single console. None of that's in my house. Yeah. But um, my favorite game system was the Nintendo GameCube as a kid. Oh, yeah. So uh, one of the first games I got for it was Legends of Wrestling, which yeah. I just bought in a pack of games. Yeah. Right. So um, on there, I saw Ricky Morton, and I thought he was cool because he had a mullet. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, I saw Hulk Hogan, and I was like, "Who's this bald asshole?" So <laughs> yeah. you had it figured I, out I, from yeah. the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, obviously, like I was like, I would play as Ricky Morton and just beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that was kind of like how I first like discovered wrestling was like by that video game and then uh by the many trips we would take to the flea market we discovered there was a wrestling booth Mm -hmm. and i finally went in there and my grandfather would always let me get like a couple dvds like he let me because it was like i think like five dollars for like five or something they're running like a deal like that yeah and in that pack of dvds there was Rey mysterio's first wwe home video Oh, wow. Um, and that's where I would obviously watch it and discover the match of mm-hmm. Ray versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc 97. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. And from that moment on, uh, that was the first wrestling match I'd ever watched. And I was hooked. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I was deep diving, trying to find out everything and anything I could. Um, I was hanging out there at the wrestling booth every weekend. I found out about like the dirt sheets there. I found <laughs> out about all of it. And I just deep dived into it. Awesome. Were you like attracted to like those kind of like cruiserweight guys originally or like how did Oh, that- absolutely. Like um it's it's funny because I was very much attracted to like the high flying style of professional mm-hmm. wrestling. So like Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, um even to an extent I would I would kind of consider Sean like a high flyer, especially oh, yeah. from the era I started watching him like early mm-hmm. 90s Sean. Yeah. Uh or late 90s Sean or whatnot. Like it was um you know, those guys were very much like appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny that like a lot of my style now <laughs> doesn't really yeah. mimic it too much. But, you know, there's still a little bit of like influence from that in my work today. Yeah. So we, we, did you say that you were attracted to like the because a lot of people we've talked to are like they'll turn it on and they see like the rock talking or they see all this stuff. But you come at it from like a strictly in ring. Is that what kind of hooked you is like what was going on in the ring? Yeah, because it was superheroes come to life, you know. Um, Obviously, like, the first, like, real big personality that attracted me uh, and sucked me into, like, the the character aspect Mm -hmm. of things, uh, aside from, like, a look, was The Rock. Like, The Rock's one of my all-time favorite professional wrestlers because that dude was just you couldn't take your eyes off of anything Mm -hmm. he did. Yeah. Like, his promos are, like, obviously, like, so memorable. Like, we literally can't, like walk down like we could walk down the street and be like if you smell and then someone finishes yeah, the sentence with the sure. rock is cooking or they're gonna look at you and be like who's <laughs> yeah. like Dwayne Johnson was a wrestler you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. that's the era we live in now but that I was attracted to those types of personalities after like watching more mm-hmm. and finding guys like him. Yeah. Do you have a favorite rock movie? And why is it oh, the Tooth man. Fairy? Game plan was a baller movie. Oh no. uh no, man, honestly, for me, my favorite rock film of all time, God, it's uh, probably, this is going to be a weird one, Race to Witch Mountain. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I, I like that movie a lot. Like, I remember being a kid and watching it in theaters, like, yo, the rock goes hard. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would never have guessed that, but. Nobody would. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to watch it, it and see if it holds up. Until you brought it up, I forgot it existed, yeah. and that just flooded memories back. I, I, I like remember the trailer like from from youth. <laughs> yeah, like because as a kid, you're looking at it, you're like, damn, this is like a Michael Bay film or something. Like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy looking. But uh, no, I'm gonna have to rewatch it again soon. Uh, but it's definitely like one that uh, really stuck out to me as like his top performances. So. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I went like a, at a summer where I was like, I'm just going to watch everything The Rock's ever done. And I regretted it because there's some really good stuff. I bet. There's, there's some really bad stuff. But I think like Walking Tall is a good one. And then The Rundown where they're like, yeah, yeah, he does, he does some good stuff. He does some bad stuff. But yeah, The Rock definitely, I think, is responsible for a lot of people getting into wrestling. Awesome. So you're really into wrestling. You're at the the thing every weekend. At what point did you decide that it was an, or did you realize it was an option that it was something that you could actually do? I mean, really, it was something that from the moment I discovered it, mm-hmm. knew I wanted to do, but obviously I was too young to do it. Um, around the age of like maybe 10 or 11, I started going to like independent shows because I discovered a little local mm-hmm. show uh relatively close to chattanooga yeah uh, in the ringgold area in georgia like right across state line mm-hmm. so i was going there and that was around the time that like i realized that like i could make this something like i could maybe do this mm-hmm. and uh my grandfather who is my biggest supporter i'm gonna mention him a lot during yeah. this you know he um he was so supportive and like wanted to like help as much as he can to make sure like this was something I could do. Yeah. So like, you know, we started asking around at the show, like how I could train to be a wrestler. Mm -hmm. And obviously I was super young. So they were like, listen, like we normally don't do this, but if you turn 14 and you're serious about it, you know, once you turn 14, you can train with us. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had like a little bit of downtime in between that to where I was just kind of waiting. And I figured they probably thought I would fizzle out and just be like, oh, like it's just like a phase, you know, yeah. whatnot. But no, it wasn't. You know, I uh, I went and did things to work on like better coordination and balance for me because I'm mm-hmm. a naturally clumsy fucking kid. Yeah. Uh, so I was taking like break dance and tumbling. And wow. that was like something that really helped me like understand like, you know, uh, what I can do with my body and with movements, body dexterity, things of that sort. Yeah. And then once I turned 14, there we were, we were at the door and about to walk in for the first day of training. Awesome. So you said break dancing, right? I want to make sure yeah. that you still got the moves. No, okay. <laughs> I don't have any fucking rhythm anymore. And it, and it hurts. Yeah. Absolutely hurts me. Um, but I do have some bad hips. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could have gone for like a really bad gimmick. You're like, well, I'm already doing break dancing. Why don't so. I bring some cardboard to the ring? And <laughs> yes, <laughs> so probably for the best. Um, so you walk through the door. Where did you train at? So I was originally trained at a facility in Ringle, Georgia. It was actually the same show that I was going mm-hmm. to. Um, I can't think of the name right now, but um, but I started there, um, and I trained there for about a year. And it was a situation to where um, I wasn't getting proper training that I was needing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was per other people that were there as far as like not the trainer himself, but like um, other like wrestlers that were on the roster that like I guess took a liking to like me because I was a young kid that they yeah. could help and whatnot. So they were like, listen, um, you got to get out of here, man. Like, uh, for lack of better terms, you know, I was being taken advantage of mm-hmm. and it was, uh, you know, it was tough. Like, you know, it was probably some of the most physical, uh, stuff that I did because the guy originally trained me was like old school. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I was taking like 
just like it, it's weird to reflect on it because uh no by there's no way like i would put my kids that i train now through mm-hmm. this type of stuff so like you know i ended up leaving and uh i was kind of floating for a little while like um there was a guy named chris crunk that was working with me a lot and like he was like one of my best friends um and you know i also had a ring in my backyard so he would come over there and help chris would help me work out and stuff uh another guy that helped me a lot chip hazard but the person that i really credit for my training i would say would be like carrie awful of the carnies Mm -hmm. uh so like carrie kevin koo and um you know, Nick Iggy, like those three guys, like were so influential for like getting me to where I am now Yeah, that, you know, I don't know, like if I would have stayed in one place in that one place, like where I would be, like, I probably would still be there, but Mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, like if it wasn't for like Carrie and Koo and them, like, you know, they, they pretty much like saved my career and taught me like the right way of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kevin Koo seems like a really awesome dude. He's killing yeah, it he's, now. He's so, fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see him having all the success that he's having. I think they were like top 10 on the top tag teams for the PWI this year. Yeah. And then yeah. they, uh, I think they just came back from Japan with DPW. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool in itself. Yeah. I was very happy for that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Carrie and Koo and Nick, they were the guys that got me where I am now. Awesome. So when you first started, what did, what did your gimmick look like? Oh, so whenever I first started, it was nothing like what you see now. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this smug mug and ugly beard wasn't there. I was uh, I was the party starter, Jaden Newman. And, <laughs> uh, you know, because a 15-year-old kid knows so much about partying. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't Absolutely. Know, nowadays. But, like, you know, back then, like, uh, I was wearing, like, everything was color coordinated. So like I had like these red, like you ever seen like those rave, like leg warmers, like the fluffy ones. Oh right? yeah. I yep. was wearing those. Uh, I was wearing those. Uh, I had like a matching pair of like trunks and like, I would wear like a polo out to the ring. I would come out to like sexy and I know it <laughs> style. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad, but I did that for years, you know? So like, um, yeah, that was like some of like the first, like, bits of Jaden Newman's career was just dealing with whatever the hell that was that yeah. hot mess <laughs> did that get over yeah oh it did like it was crazy uh I used to like come out and throw glow sticks but like I said I'm one uncoordinated yeah and two blind to shit so like I would go to throw yeah. glow sticks out to like the kids and uh-huh. shit and it would either like pop them in the face or it would <laughs> no. hit the ceiling and never yeah. make it to them so I was like, maybe we should stop with the glow sticks. But <laughs> no, like, um, yeah, like it was so crazy how like, uh, you know, I guess over it got with like, you know, kids and stuff. But yeah. probably because like they're like, oh, like this guy is like young like us. So mm-hmm. they were going to cheer it because it's like someone that's like relatable to them. But yeah. but yeah, no, like it was it was crazy how like much people liked it. Yeah. You mentioned that you're blind. Do you wear glasses typically, like on a, a normal or contacts? I'm supposed to, but I lost my glasses uh, on a road trip yeah. recently. I say recently; it's been like probably like a year. Yeah, <laughs> but, he's never stopped being yeah, relatable. <laughs> yeah, because there's like yeah. um, some people we've seen, like Yoya and uh, like Andrew Everett. Like, if you yeah. see them before or after the show, they have glasses on. And like somebody like who has glasses, I just kind of wonder what's that like. Like, how much of a difference is it in the ring? Like when like Especially when timing and spacing yeah. and like all that like is so 
vital. Yeah. It's like uh, being able so to see is me, such a factor. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, it's not that big of an issue because everything's relatively close range. Yeah. Um, so in, <laughs> so in my right eye, I have, I believe 2020 vision. Okay. Uh, in my left eye, it's shit. Yeah. Absolute garbage. <laughs> like I should not be driving without glasses, but yeah, got to make the town brother. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so like, it's never really been an issue for me in the ring you know, mm. um, because everything's just still relatively close, regardless of the size of the ring or like yeah. whatever we're about to do, you know, it's a pretty big I, target. Too. A lot of that just comes with like, and a lot of that just comes with like me being like in a ring so much training yeah. that like, I pretty much can figure out where I need to be at what point if I don't know where something or what's going on. Yeah. And you said that you had a, a ring in your backyard, right? Yeah. What is what is the origin of, of so, that? So, uh, so uh, basically, my grandfather, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whenever I was training, he was like, "Hey, so, what if we got a ring?" And I was like, "What if? Yeah, it'd be <laughs> awesome!" Like, yeah. you know. And then, like, I come home and there's like a ring, and like he was so, literally, like the amount of commitment he had to making sure that this was something that could be an option for me Yeah, is like something I'm so thankful for. Right. Yeah. Because like by no means like, you know, that like, that's not normal. No, <laughs> like, not at all. But I was, but I was so thankful for it. And obviously since I had a ring in my backyard, I had a backyard fed. So yeah. Um, oddly enough, you know, with the logos that are behind me and mm. obviously this will be audible as well for those, but uh, the logo behind me is the TWE logo. Uh, which was started essentially in the backyard, you know, yeah. um, it went from, you know, trampoline wrestling entertainment because we have the trampoline. Then it yeah. went to uh, Tennessee wrestling entertainment. Now we're at total wrestling entertainment. Yeah. So that was kind of like the origin story of TWE as mm. well was basically from the backyard and me having a ring there and just doing like shows with my buddies in the backyard. Yeah. Now that you say that, for those listening, sorry, but the logo kind of looks like a trampoline, too, if you're looking at it from above. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So. Changing the game all yeah. this time later. <laughs> that's right, man. Now we got to get a real trampoline in here, too. So that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, TWE, um, I think a lot of people, if you've never heard of it, you'll know like Uncharted Territory this past season. You got the big TWE on the wall there. That's where it was hosted. So it's this great fed that you were not fed. I don't know why I said that, but it's this great promotion that you have and that you run. Um, talk us through the beginnings of that. And um, you're very young. Uh, you're very old in the business, but you're very young as far as age goes. So what's it like to be at 24 training people, having your own promotion? And how did that start? Man. Uh, so basically how it started was another classic uh, bud scenario where my grandfather was like, Hey, uh, I want you to see something. And I was like, okay, cool. So like we mm -hmm. took a drive and he took me to this like building that was like essentially like an old bilo. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I was like, cause my grandfather's an electrician. So uh -huh. I was like, maybe he's showing me like a job that he's working on. Right. Yeah. Um, so then we go in and I realized the rings in there and I was like, what is this? And he's like, this is where we're going to run TWE. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> and basically the genesis of like TWE for him, because my grandfather started it, yeah, was so that people like me and other young wrestlers in the area that he felt weren't getting the right opportunities to like yeah. get reps and things of that sort could grow. Mm -hmm. so um you know twe would then uh first run shows uh starting on august 3rd of 2013 that was the day that we first started as a company and the same day that the company started was the same day that i made my debut so um yeah it was crazy and you know through that time obviously like i was too young mm -hmm. like not only was i like having to learn how to wrestle still like yeah. we're always learning and growing but like i was also learning the business of things mm -hmm. and you know my grandfather and i we like regardless of like you know uh the normal training that like i did do yeah. like you know it was still somewhat of like an irregular uh start to uh a career in the business mm -hmm. so uh, I was I was shit on a lot for it, and a lot of people didn't like my uh, my grandfather for it either because they thought that he pretty much backdoored me in the business, which mm -hmm. he didn't. You know, like I paid my dues just like everyone else. I went through the training, I took my yeah. bumps, I took my bruises. But to all the outsiders, it was oh, granddaddy bought grandson a wrestling show so he could be a superstar because nobody knew who I was, and I caught a lot of flack for that for years. Um, but you know, this was home base for me mm -hmm. and I made, I did what I could with it. You know, like there's a lot of people that talk shit that, you know, you're going to sit there and tell me that if you were in a situation like that, like yeah, you would say no, like I was thankful for it. And like, instead of making it like a thing where like, Oh, it's all about me. It's all about me. Like even whenever I was first starting, like I wanted to help people. And I was so thankful that we had a safe space like here mm -hmm. to do that, you know, because my grandfather will openly admit even to this day, I know nothing about like the business of yeah. wrestling, but I understand business. Mm -hmm. And that's why he would always make sure that we had. And granted, we've, you know, we've had some duds come through here that thought they had the right idea for what this place was supposed to be. But, yeah. you know, over the years, like we've really learned a lot about how to run this business mm -hmm. and you know i'm just thankful for it because regardless of whatever happens in the future um you know uh twe is always going to be a big part of me yeah so i'm just so thankful that now i'm in a position at 24 to be doing the things i'm doing here uh by you know pretty much running the whole operation yeah. and running training like you know it's stuff that someone my age shouldn't be doing but i'm blessed to say that i've earned the right to do yeah and you know people have now given me their respect for it it's very you mentioned your grandfather's gonna come up a lot and it's very obvious he had such like an important part how does he feel now being able to see you like go over to germany and wrestle and work with the nwa how how has that been for him man it's uh for him, he, he always says, like, it's no surprise. Mm. Like, it's it's what he always knew I would do. And that, you know, being able to make him proud is one of the biggest things that I can just continue to do. Yeah. You know, regardless of, like, which thankfully, like, we have him here still. Like, and hopefully we have him for a couple more years to come. But even whenever he passes on, like, that's something I hope to continue to do. And, yeah. like, 
you know, it's just starting. And he's mm. even told me that he's like, what you're doing now is just the beginning. Oh yeah. So he's very proud and I'm just so thankful. I have such a supportive family and support system. What was it like, um, wrestling in Germany as far as like the crowd and is it, is it different than wrestling here? And what was that like? Yeah, no, it's, uh, in some ways it's very similar, but in a lot of ways it's not. Um, they're more observant, I feel, as opposed to, uh, audiences here, like audiences here, obviously, uh, I feel like they enjoy more of like, uh, what I like to call like a firework display, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, a sh like, boom, 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 boom. Like they want to see like the fireworks the whole uh -huh. time as opposed to like over there, like they're very observant and like are genuinely just watching see what you do. Like they have like a really deep appreciation for like chain wrestling. They have a deep appreciation for just like the storytelling, not saying that we don't hear, but I feel like more so over there. Yeah. Um, You know, the crowds, there are just so creative. Cause like um, they do like, they do like some wild chants, like where they sing and stuff. And mm -hmm. it's super cool. Um, yeah. It, it's life changing, man. Like I was super nervous when I first went over there back in October uh, during the um, tag team festival. But, you know, once I did it, you know, the music hit lights were on. Like I completely forgot that I'm wrestling in front of like 800 to like a thousand people and like just went to work yeah you know it was just another day at the office but it's definitely something that like i feel every wrestler should try to go do is just go wrestle internationally because you'll mm -hmm. learn so much about yourself but also about like how to work an audience yeah because you erase that language barrier you kind of have to get creative and your body has to do more of the story than anything you're saying in the ring so it, it seems like it'd definitely be more of a challenge yeah, because honestly, like the big like point of studying for me before going over was watching like a lot of Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Chris Jericho, especially like um, his most recent run that he had with New Japan. Yeah, like because I really enjoyed that work a lot. Like, I think he you know resurged his career again. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the king of that. And by the way, Jericho is another one of my favorite wrestlers, like legit, probably top five. Yeah. So like I watched a lot of like his work, you know, in Japan, whether it was like Love and War, New Japan, any of that, like mm -hmm. um, because he had a way of like doing things that like would get the audience to react. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just tried to cling to that and do the best I could to not like straight be a cover band of it, but yeah. like mimic it and make it work to uh, my using. Yeah. Nothing is a we we had Kevin Kelly on last week and he was talking about um like steal shit like make it your own but like take it like it's not doing anybody else good if they're not doing it so just take it and I feel like wrestling is a like wrestling like music like take something repurpose it repackage it and make it your own and that's the exactly the, yeah so you mentioned uh, that Jericho would be in your top five who are the other four. Okay, so uh, obviously, uh, all right. So, are we talking like of all time? Um, yeah, sure. sure yeah. Uh, for you personally, all time. Okay, so for me personally, of all time, let's say Jericho. This is no particular order. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. How many is that? Three. Yeah. Three. So I need two more. 
All right. Um, AJ Styles. And I'm going to say CM Punk. That's my top yeah. five of all time. That's a good five. Yeah. <laughs> what is your take on just kind of random, but all this stuff going on with CM Punk as somebody in the business? I don't know. So it's hard to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously with me being like a CM Punk fan, like I feel like there is always going to be a place in the business for him because obviously whenever he was on AEW television, like he was making them really good money. and was like, they were making good gates yeah. off of yeah. like him being there. And multiple people have said, you know, that he was a big help in the locker room, you know, but obviously with the good, there comes bad. Uh, And, you know, since I'm not there, it's really hard for me to answer. But regardless, I hope everything can work out and, you know, we can just have him back on TV because I think him being involved in professional wrestling is a good thing. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. He was out for so like seven years. Uh, why waste any more time? Dude, I legit cried. Like, oh yeah. Whenever he came back, you know, and I haven't cried. Like, I, I'm an emotional person, but like, I, I haven't cried over wrestling in like a hot minute. And like, when he returned, to me, it was just like such like a symbol of hope in a weird way. Yeah. Like, because regardless of how people feel about him, I think for independent wrestlers, like, he's our guy. Oh yeah. Like yeah. him, Danielson, like those are our guys. Like they were the ones that weren't supposed to make it, but they did. Yeah. So um the fact that you know CM Punk has like made it to this level of stardom to where he could literally sell out a like sell out an arena on a rumor. Oh yeah. Like, how could you not be inspired by that? Yeah. Yeah. It very much felt like a collective win when he came back, just just for everyone. I th- I think wrestling overall is better with him involved because it's just like when he came back, it was because it's what everyone want, we Everyone was chanting for seven years, like yeah. just if something wasn't good, do you know what would make this better? It's CM Punk every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like it was, it was so interesting. Like I literally watched like a career. I don't remember if it was like a career retrospect or what it was, but I watched like a documentary on punk the other day Mm -hmm. uh, on YouTube, literally just talking about how like the influence and impact of like his return to wrestling was like how important it was. And uh, like, you know, it was just mind boggling to me because like it was put into like ways I'd never even thought about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, like that's cool. I love watching those types of documentaries online. Like just Monte Carlo, all those guys, they rule. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube is is such the the treasure. I mean, there's also like dark holes you can go down that'll kind of probably ruin your life. <laughs> well, yeah, like, but oof. they're like, I've gone off like there was one weekend. There's a, a a YouTube channel called Defunct Land, and I just watched like four hours straight of just like him talking about individual roller coaster rides <laughs> like with just like the most detail like work sided like all of this like like he was giving his dissertation but like youtube is yeah, so great yeah. for like stuff like that like anything you could think of somebody has thoughts and they're putting it out in a cool way oh dude yeah like i've watched like funny you talk about like the fun plan like i've watched some of those videos as well like yeah. um you know 
like where they talk about like even like abandoned amusement parks. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that, like top, like what, like like the one guy is like top ten like anime betrayals. Like yeah. was, <laughs> I was falling like the deep like hole of those. I'm yeah. Like, oh, shit, it's like three a.m. I got to yeah. go to work in like an hour. <laughs> yeah. There was one day I couldn't sleep and I watched uh, like a video. It was like every WrestleMania match ranked. <laughs> like. <laughs> And then you're like, oh shit! Yeah, this is an hour video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you're a big CM Punk fan. Um, you mentioned guys like Danielson, also kind of a big. Uh, I think like this generation's like kind of Danielson. Like a lot of people compare him to Jonathan Gresham. So what was it like uh, having that? Not only the match that you had with him, but it was a, kind of a special type of match too. Yeah. So. Um one reason that kind of made it special for me was the fact that we're both uh, two Southern wrestlers. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, with what the story was for the match, you know, he was a guy from the South that made it big and became mm-hmm. like a worldwide, like a world renowned name. Yeah. And like, that's what I want to be. So getting to actually work with him since, you know, he, he is one of my favorite wrestlers too. Like, yeah. Was such like, an insane concept for me because wrestling him really made me step up my game. And it made me realize that being a technical wrestler was something that I legit wanted to be like, that's the style that I want to do. Um, but man, like that match, you know, a lot of people credit probably is like one of the best matches that I've had in my career. Mm -hmm. And like, I will never argue that because you know, what that match meant to me was just more than I can even put into words. Yeah. So, like, you know, um, Gresham made me a better wrestler, just yeah. like he does anyone he steps in the ring with. And the fact that I got to do that right here in the heart of, like, the scenic city, like, mm-hmm. nothing's cooler than that. Like, mm-hmm. nothing can top that. Yeah. What kind of – because it was, like, multiple round matches. Look, what kind of planning goes into – First off, like a very technical match. Like, is that something that you have to like plan more for? Or is that more something that you could like roll off with and just like, hey, we're going to do this. Hey, we're going to do that. Nothing was planned. It's awesome. Very cool. Legit. Nothing, nothing yeah. was planned. Like, you know, um, I, I'll kind of peel back the curtain a little bit on this. Like, you know, it was, I think, uh, six rounds mm-hmm. that we were uh, that was allotted. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were told like, if you guys, cause it was like an exhibition more so than anything, Yeah. you know, they were like, you know, if you guys want to go like maybe three rounds, we ended up going the full six, almost like 30 minutes. Yeah. And like, everyone was like, Oh, we have to keep making like, they're like, Oh, we, we need to make like lower thirds for like round six, like round four, <laughs> round five. Round. Yeah. So like, they're like freaking out. Cause we're just going Yeah, like we, by the time the, it was over, we didn't realize we went like 30 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were just having fun. And yeah. like, you know, that's to me, like, that's why I love technical wrestling so much is because it's one of the most real things mm-hmm in pro wrestling yeah like it's legit it feels like art when you're in there with someone who's just so skilled and grace like he is Mm -hmm. you know because like when you just have that perfect dance partner that you roll around with like it it's like it's just beautiful Mm -hmm. like it's a beautiful competition yeah 
Who would your Mount Rushmore of technical wrestlers be? Man, so I would definitely say uh, Chris Hero is number one. Chris Hero is probably like if I could substitute anyone off that greatest of all time, uh-huh. I would probably move AJ out and put Hero in because mm-hmm. Hero is like up there for me as like a big inspiration. Yeah. Uh, so Hero, yeah. Gresham, Danielson, uh, Thatcher. And, um, honestly, I would say Anthony Henry, Anthony Henry is yeah, an incredible awesome. type of wrestler. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever had the chance to wrestle? Yes. So we've actually wrestled three times. Uh, the first time was whenever I was really, really young mm-hmm. and, um, I just, I wasn't ready for it, you know, and legit Anthony left me out cold in the middle of the ring. Because like I was just I I just, it was something I wasn't ready for because whenever you're in there with Anthony it's intense. Oh, I bet. And you know for years like I was for years I was upset about it, but then like we finally had the chance to wrestle each other again like whenever I had finally grown up, mm-hmm. and um, we wrestled at uh, Southern Underground Pro during the Collective uh, in 2020. So it was like right before Anthony went to WWE. Uh-huh. And, you know, in that match, we kind of just let it all out there. And like, we just, we let it go. And I had the point to prove to him that like, I'm not that same kid. Mm-hmm. So I was wrestling in that match with uh, kind of like a chip on my shoulder to prove to him that like I belonged because that's all I feel like the career of Jaden Newman is, is like proving to people that like he belongs amongst mm-hmm. the ranks greats right yeah like you know to get through anthony was like a big deal to me and it still is i've never once beaten anthony henry yeah but um but yeah so we had the match there uh and then our final match we had was in pwx um it was like i think literally the show after he wrestled suzuki oh Oh, yeah like you know that was like a very like hard spot to come in and like take after you know he's got such momentum you know he's come back to the independence he just yeah. wrestled suzuki so but i i held in the i was able to hold in the pocket with him and show him that even from our second match i had gotten better you know so um yeah we we've definitely wrestled and i would like the chance to wrestle him again yeah. because anthony is someone who i have a deep amount of respect for mm-hmm. and i just you know i i still feel like there's something to prove to him yeah i bet those kicks they look like they hurt <laughs> uh they they feel like they hurt too yeah <laughs> <laughs> speaking of hurting i noticed recently you've done a little bit more of like the deathmatch style i don't know if i would categorize you as a deathmatch wrestler but what is that like going from somebody who's like pure to all of a sudden now it's just like different rules yeah those it feels like two different sides of the wrestling spectrum like and how do you adjust to that man so i think deathmatch wrestling is beautiful just as pure wrestling is right Mm -hmm. because there's such an art form to doing it that not many people know how to do right yeah uh but whenever you see a good deathmatch you know it's a good deathmatch You know, for guys like um, me, I was inspired by like John Moxley, Sammy Callahan, Matt Tremont, mm-hmm. Nick Gage, like those guys because they were so good at it. Like, and they they were able to tell stories using it. 
So, you know, um, for me to finally like get to step into that world, like really meant a lot, especially whenever I had my first one against tank at ICW no holds barred Yeah, um, in the pit, in the pit fighter. So, um, no, it's, it's definitely a gear shift because, you know, um, I try to implement things from what I would do in a ring regardless, but there's something like animalistic that comes out in you whenever you're like in a setting like that, Mm -hmm. you know, like you really feel like that you are struck, like you're fighting for survival. Mm -hmm. So there's a different type of adrenaline that kicks in that you don't have in a regular match. Um, and that's how I felt every single time I've gotten in. So the first match I had doing death match was, was only supposed to be like a one and done. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of kept happening. And I was like, well, here we are, you know, and it was never supposed to be like a one and done in like a way of like, Oh, like that was fun. I don't want to do it again. It was just like, I have so much respect for the death match world that I would never want someone to think, like you said, like you don't categorize me as a deathmatch wrestler. Yeah. Like I don't ever want a deathmatch wrestler to feel disrespected that I'm taking something or just using it for like clout because that's not what it is. Yeah. Like I have so much respect for like those guys, you know? So like that's why like whenever I finally like did more of them and I wrestled like Tank, Danny Damano, John Wayne Murdoch, um, you know, even me and Colby, we like I yeah. had one of his last matches before um he's moved on into the role that he's in now. Yeah. Um, you know, like I just wanted to like make sure I earned the respect of the guys that like are masters of the craft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really meant a lot to make sure that they knew like this wasn't something that I was just doing for attention. Yeah. Like Yeah, that's awesome. Uh when you go back to your your first one, you said with Tank, how do you prepare with that? Are you, are you like talking to people like, hey, like, because it, it's like you said, it's totally different. It's more painful. Like, you're probably going to bleed. Like, how do you prep yourself for that? You just do it, you know. <laughs> um, a thing that I always tell my kids whenever it pertains to, like, training and, like, mm-hmm. life and wrestling in general is just trust the process, right? So, like... I never know where I'm going to go. I never know what's going to happen, but I do know that uh, regardless, we're going to get where we need to get. Yeah. Even if it means we're going to go through some weird shit (laughs) and ending up in a death match was some weird shit. It was something that I never had on the docket, but we ended up there and, you know, to prepare for it, like really the preparation was just in like watching tape, like and just seeing like once again, how the greats do it and shout out to tank too, because like he's a great at this and he's not only just a great death match wrestler. He's mm. a great wrestler in general. Yeah. Um, if y'all haven't seen any of like his run he's on right now, like it's really some incredible stuff. Um, but you know, to prepare for that, like I was just going and watching like all his most recent death matches and like the different fights he's had, mm. like that's how you prepare. It's, it's relatively similar to like a regular wrestling match but obviously the punishment threshold is just a little bit different was was there caution going into it like you get the book and they're like hey we're thinking this and you're like ah, i've never done that <laughs> like is, is there no. any of that or is it just like okay let's go nah man it was okay let's go you know they didn't they, and that's the one thing with icw uh 
they never have been like, Hey, like we think you should really do this. Like yeah. it's very much like in the hands of like the wrestlers and the fighters is like what they choose to do and like what their comfortability level is. And I, I commend that. I think that's incredible, yeah. you know? Um, because at the end of the day, like they just want to make sure that they leave a good spectacle for the audience that's paying to see what they want to see. Yeah. Because in professional wrestling, just like movies, just like television, there's different genres that people are attracted to. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, deathmatch wrestling to me is like almost the horror films of like pro wrestling. Yeah, for sure. So, um, that's like the type of niche audience it attracts to. It's it's almost like, um, like when you see like, for instance, um, Steve Carell, when he did like Foxcatcher, it's that like comedic actor doing the serious role. It's like the, so that's a cool way to think about it. Um, you mentioned your students, so you're you've been in the business for what ten years? It'll be ten years in August. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you're young. You're ten years in. Uh, how did it? How did you decide that you think it, it's now your turn to um, to start sharing your wisdom and sharing your knowledge? So it was never really a decision for me. It just kind of got sprung into my lap. So we had someone here that was training at TWE that would just up and leave. And I was kind of just left with a bunch of like kids. Uh, well, it wasn't like a bunch of kids. I probably had like three, three or four in the initial first class, I would say, when I took over, which is around like 2017, like late 2017, early 2018. So um, whenever the trainer had decided to leave, I was just like, okay, I guess I'm stepping into this role mm-hmm. because someone has to do it. Yeah. And from then on, I was just like, you know, very honest and open. I was like, listen, like, this is new to me as well. Yeah. As far as like training people goes. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to know we're doing this together. Yeah. So if there's anything that like you feel I can do better as a teacher, please let me know mm-hmm. because I want to make sure that I'm doing the best for y'all. Yeah. And, you know, a couple years later, like five years later now, I feel and whatnot five or six like mm-hmm. i've now been training people and i've produced over like 14 15 like different wrestlers and referees yeah or as far as like you know all together mm-hmm. so like it's it's been really cool you know it's super rewarding whenever like i have kids like aaron wade um you know aaron wade referee aaron noise um, yeah. aka shiny shoes you know cody manhorn mm-hmm. Carson Dillback, different guys like this that yeah. are going out and like doing very well for themselves and representing the TWE PC, which is what we call our training center. Yeah. Like, um, you know, doing it well and like carrying my name with them and being proud about it mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it just, it means a lot that like, even though I wasn't supposed to be training people, it just kind of happened yeah. that I've now accumulated somewhat of a reputation for being a, decent trainer Mm -hmm. so you know the fact that all my kids are good respectful and do the right things that's all i can hope for yeah that's awesome awesome um so you mentioned a few of your guys that um you've produced and you've mentioned a few of the guys you've had the chance to wrestle who are some of the people that you want the opportunity to get in a ring with moving forward like bucket list and then like maybe like the next year oh my gosh so 
as far as like people that I would like to wrestle, Mike Bailey would be at the top of the list because I would really love the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like a rematch with James Drake. JD Drake's a guy that I wrestled at action wrestling a year or two ago. And I feel like it would just be, you know, great to be able to run that back and show how much I've grown. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's a match that I could have that I still feel like there's a possibility of, but right now it seems so far out of reach, yeah. but I still feel in my heart of hearts there's a match that I wish I could have that could happen. It's Chris Hero. Oh, yeah. If I could wrestle Chris Hero, that would absolutely make my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, to be able to wrestle legit one of my, you know, Grace of all time candidates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't like that's one of those things that I hope that's not too out of reach because like he's doing I think he's been doing his podcast deal and hasn't been doing, doing anything since his last big run. Christian, but, like, we don't talk about other podcasts on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, no other podcasts exist. <laughs> but but I he was the first indie guy that when, when I started learning wrestling that I, I learned about and I became like obsessed with because he it was just so different than everyone and stuff yeah. he was doing athletically, which it was, it was always like, it was insane. So I would love that met from a personal fan perspective. I think yeah. that would be beyond awesome. Yes. And like the other two I'll mention as well, Lee Moriarty and Wheeler Yuta. Yeah. yeah. Those would be great as well. Um, do you have a, a favorite Chris Hero match? Whoo. So. <laughs> or a favorite couple. I have a favorite couple. So um, I really enjoy, and this one was, <laughs> it's a rough one, but I, I love it. Uh, Chris Hero versus uh, Eddie Kingston from AIW. Uh huh. Whenever Hero had just returned from WWE for the first time. Is that like 2010? Like, yeah, like uh, 2012-ish. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. that was super good. I think I said um, that one, yeah. I really also enjoy uh, Adam Cole versus Chris Hero from around like 2013 mm-hmm. for the Ring of Honor World Championship. I thought that was super fun. Um, I also like uh, Chris Hero versus um, what's his name? Stone Pitbull from New Japan. Yeah, oh, Ishii. Um, Ishii. I like their yeah. match from Rev Pro a lot. Like those are probably like my three favorite Chris Hero matches that like. Mm-hmm. I've had the chance to like watch like there's probably more I can name like Cody Rhodes versus hero was a wild when I watched the other day from like evolve. Like that was insane. But like, those are like the three that really come to mind for me, you know? Um, Cause they're just so good. Yeah. (laughs) Like just go watch Chris hero matches. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) One of my favorite um, tag teams. I feel like I I always forget exists was him and JT Dunn doing their death by elbow. It. Death by Elbow was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was just yeah. like I, they had a match. My understanding that was them like in the Bucks before, like when the Bucks are just working the Indies and grinding on the Indies. But like it was just like this is so awesome. And him and JT Dunn just yeah. had this. Their style was so similar that it was just like this is fun. <laughs> oh man, I just so I just thought of another one. Okay, so this is one that I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was Saber Junior's debut in PWG. Uh-huh. But Chris Hero and Saber, uh, where uh, Saber's finger, uh, I believe it's Saber's finger is like bleeding, yeah, and he's just attacking the hand. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. God, so good. Uh, 
Was there any imp- – because you do the Ricola bomb. Um, yes. Is there, any moveset? is there an impact of, of Claudio and maybe them working together with Chris Hero, or how did that come about, like you picking that move particularly? So uh, whenever I was on a Chris Hero binge, I had pretty much uh, decided like, oh, like I, I kind of want to like start like taking a little bit from here and like taking mm-hmm. a little bit from different wrestlers I liked. And yeah. like the Rokola bomb was something that like I always thought was like so intriguing just because of like the double underhook because uh-huh. it was just so like different. Like it's almost like unnatural in a way, but that's yeah. what makes it cool. So really it was just from like binging hero that I decided I wanted to start trying it. Mm-hmm. And then it worked and i wasn't you know hurting people so i was like yeah. here we go <laughs> awesome and then uh this is a question we typically always ask people but and you, you mentioned a few of your students as well but who are some wrestlers that you feel like more people should know about oh man so i mentioned you know like you said my students so i would obviously want to say like aaron wade i think aaron wade is someone who has been really working hard to um build a good like resume and has become like a very interesting character um you know he's taekwondo's bad boy and like he's legit senior fourth degree black belt in taekwondo oh, wow. yeah like so he's somebody that i would definitely recommend watching out for uh watch out for a lot of the coven of the goat so coven of the goat you know consists of tank which we all know who tank is yeah but uh tank leading uh with the rev a young group of uh nathan mowry and cj lawler so mm-hmm. those two are guys i would definitely check out they're more into the deathmatch scene however they're still someone that you should definitely go mm-hmm. out of your way to watch because they definitely have like a really high ceiling i feel yeah um friend to this show i'm sure but everyone should be watching bk westbrook he's oh, yeah. very very fucking talented yeah he's great and uh man there's just so many fucking people that like i could name like really like there's just so many young talents down here in the Southeast that are just doing so well for themselves. Like just watch and support Southeastern independent professional wrestling. Like you will find somebody that you like and be able to follow along to watch how their story unfurls. Mm -hmm. Who do you think does not deserve recognition? Oh man. Uh, Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, no, like, um, Man, I don't know, man. Everyone's just working hard, doing their thing. So, <laughs> sounds like you have an answer, know. but you don't want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> so, um, I noticed, and for anyone listening and not watching, um, that Cracker Barrel hat you're wearing. Yeah, what's your go-to order? Oh, shit. Uh, probably the uh, the Uncle Herschel's. The Uncle <laughs> Herschel's is pretty sick. I like yeah. that. Uh, so I always make it a point anytime I'm on the road. I did this whenever I went up to South Carolina for pro wrestling turbo this last time. Uh, we literally, we always make a point to leave ass crack of dawn so we can go eat at Cracker Barrel. Cause like fuck waffle house, that shit's overrated. Fuck fuck fucking IHOP. It's overrated. (laughs) Yeah. I can agree with you on that one. And if you know what the waffle King is, that's about right there with fucking Cracker Barrel. But you know, you just got to go find yourself a waffle King, Yeah. but Cracker Barrel we always try. It's for the boys. You know yeah. what I mean? So 
we always try our best to get out there and get some Uncle Herschel's, get that fresh coffee. Yeah. Maybe take a look at the gift shop, get you one of these sick little hats. <laughs> how then- often or how much do you have to love Cracker Barrel? They're just like, you know, I want to rep the brand. Ah, oh, man. You know, honestly, one day it just clicked. I'm here. I for was it. like, "Shit, man!" I was like, "I think I'm all in on Cracker Barrel." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have so many Thanksgiving morning breakfasts there. Yeah, and then you hit the road so much and get tired of Waffle House, but you yeah. know that the good, soothing, succulent taste of Cracker Barrel is waiting on you every time you get on the road. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna try to get you that sponsorship. <laughs> I like somebody fucking needs to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm creating the money here. Yeah. <laughs> We're currently, um, we have another podcast that we do where we, um, it's a Broadway podcast, which is weird considering we're like a wrestling podcast here. But uh, there's some parallels, I feel. Yeah, like. for sure. Uh, but we're really campaigning for Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's. <laughs> Why Texas Roadhouse? The rolls. Yeah. It's the rolls. It's You don't get like this I without, with the bread, you know? You ever had their prime rib? No. Is it good? Oh yeah, it's fucking incredible. I'm, yeah. I love steak, so yeah. There you no, go. Texas Roadhouse right up my alley. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, we uh, appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate you talking with us. We'd love to have you back on because I feel like we didn't even touch about like NWA or there's a whole lot of more stuff we could talk about. Um, but yeah, if you don't know who Jaden Newman is, check him out. He's literally, I would say, probably one of the most like out of active wrestlers. He's right up there with like a Jonathan Gresham as far as like ability goes, and. Um, Hope to see you on TV soon, and I uh, hope to see you on a podcast with us once you get like some gold or, or you're uh, you're the big guy on the TV. So, just thanks yeah. for taking the time to talk with us. <laughs> so, so it'll yeah. be about three months. We yeah. look forward to it. <laughs> yes, we'll see you soon, buddy. Awesome. Checks in the mail. Yeah, um, and TWE shows those are available on um, IWTV, right? Yes, you can watch TW Chattanooga on IWTV. We actually, by the time this drops, uh-huh. uh, just dropped our most recent episode of the Red Bank Roulette, which is like our mystery show. So mm-hmm. that's a super fun one to watch. It's one of our favorite shows of the year. Yeah. So definitely give TWE a try. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Awesome. All right. Well, we well, appreciate you. And Thank um, you so much for your time, man. Yeah, Cracker Barrel, if you're listening, give this man a deal. I know that they, you got record deals. You're signing an artist. Get him, get him a contract for wrestling. <laughs> I'll, look, I'll put you on my knee pad. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, you have a good night. You too, man. Thank you so much. No problem. All right.